You're listening to the Party Girl Podcast with Chelsea Curtis, Episode 2. Too Close for Comfort. That was the title of the email. It was sent to me by somebody that I idolized on Instagram. Somebody that I wanted to be just like in every way. She went on to say that she was the first person to organize female, non-alcoholic, women's only dance parties. With an influencer leading them and the way they were formatted, basically, these are my intellectual property and you're trying to copy and rip me off. My heart started beating so hard and so fast I felt like it was going to break my rib cage. I was shaking and I felt chills as feelings of self-consciousness, awkwardness, feeling so ashamed just coursed through my body. And I wondered, like, where did this even come from? You see, in 2015, I went to a conference where she spoke and I was enamored. I was so blown away by the creativity that she had and what she knew and what she was doing. And I was kind of doing the same thing, trying to monetize events and work with sponsors. And so she taught this class at a blogger conference and I happily attended. I sat you know, right in the front row. We got a selfie after and I couldn't wait to start implementing what she had taught. Now, a few months later, I had this idea that maybe I should reach out to her and see if she wanted to collaborate. So I sent her an email. I reached out to her on Instagram, on Snapchat, on Facebook, and no response. You know, I get it. She's super busy. I think she had over 30,000 followers at this time. And here I was with like four. So I kind of let it go. And then she had this event coming up, this women's only dance party that my friends invited me to. And I was like, oh, totally. I'd love to go to that. And as you know, from the last episode, when I went, it blew my mind. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Now, I had tried to reach out to her before to collaborate. And so I knew she wasn't really interested in doing that. And she had other things going that she was working on, um, teaching more creative classes and hands-on type things. But none of them were about what I wanted to learn. So of course, the first thing I did is I went to Google and Googled women's only dance party. And this old website popped up um, from 2006. And it just said, you know, we're these two ladies in New York and we throw women's only dance parties in a happy environment where you don't have to smell like alcohol or cigarettes afterwards. And I was like, huh, so interesting. Like, I wonder if this is what inspired her. So I kept doing research and research. And of course, like there was stuff out there, but just nothing like what I had experienced. And so I took the course that I paid for from the conference and I started researching all of her events and just digging and digging and digging and digging. And sometimes I would go on tangents of other people's events, but there was really nothing like what she had created. And I was trying my hardest to implement what she taught and to try to make it work. And she gave us some really helpful ways of formatting in this course and, and wording and questions to ask and way to position things that made them more appealing. And so when I proceeded to plan my very first event, the 80s dance party, I modeled it very closely after her. After all, I wanted to be just like her. And, and you know, she was having so much success. Her events were selling out in one day. And so I just saw this need in the market for someone else to step up and do this. Now, 
as I was planning my 80s party, I had reached out to other influencers and asked people for help and was willing to give away free tickets. And like I said, not a lot of people took me up on it. And I think some of that's to be expected with a first event. Um, But the event went off. (laughs) It definitely had some major hiccups. And, you know, we, we had about 148 people there. And I remember waking up the next day and just feeling like that wasn't right. Like, I want a do-over. I want a do-over. I want to do another party and fix those things because I want to get this right. That wasn't how it was supposed to go. And my sweet husband was like, aren't you tired? I'm like, no, let's let's go. Let's roll. And so I started talking to venues. I started talking to different sponsors. Because of how my first event went and how many things went wrong, rather, I had learned from those experiences and I determined I was going to do this one better. And I just was chomping at the bit to have my chance to go again. And so I was looking around for inspiration and, you know, decided to do a fun theme based on the commercial from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Have you guys seen that one where the fancy billionaire Mrs. DeLauer is wearing all of the fur and the jewels. And she's like, ladies, frost yourselves. <laughs> so I was like, this is the theme. Like, it's amazing. And and I loved, you know, just, just going all out with it. So to get this email, it was like, oh my gosh, all of my little hopes and dreams were crushed. Just crushed. And I, I feel like there was a part of me that when I saw it in the inbox, I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like, she's ready to finally collaborate with me. And like, we're going to do this and we're going to take over the party planning world together. And we're going to link arms and, and my whole world shattered into a thousand pieces. You know, like I just, I, I honestly couldn't believe it. I just felt nauseous and I felt guilty and I felt like a fraud and I felt like I had disappointed her and, you know, if all these other people were not wanting to really support and come out, like all these these 75 free tickets that I gave out, those people didn't come. Like maybe they were protesting to like not support me because of that. Like I couldn't figure it out. And one line of the email just haunted me. And it was, these are my intellectual property. Now, I had just come back from a conference, and a lot of times they have in lawyers and entertainment people that come in and talk to you about making sure you're doing what you're supposed to on the internet. Obviously, you know, hopefully most of us know you're not to take other people's images and post them without permission or claim them as your own and verbatim stealing people's words and and all of that. So I I felt nervous and I didn't I didn't know what to do. And so I reached out to a lawyer that specializes in entertainment law because I was terrified. I honestly thought like at any second I was going to get a summons asking me to appear in court and that I might have to pay some fines. I mean, this is, this is no joke. Like this is serious. And I called this lawyer and she asked me to send her the emails and she read through it and and you know how lawyers are, they're busy. And so I was like, what, like, what do I need to do? Like, do we need to go to court? Like, do I need to, you know, what do I need to do? And I was, I was going worst case scenario. And she was like, Chelsea, there's nothing here. <laughs> like her feelings are hurt. And obviously she feels threatened by you, but you're not breaking any laws. And I was like, what? 
are you sure? She's like, yes, there's no one that can own the intellectual rights to an idea or a concept. Like, think about how many hamburger stands there are. You know, somebody can't own the right to building a hamburger. Now you can have patented recipes or tools that help you make that hamburger, and those cannot be used. But as far as the idea or the concept or formatting, like, there's nothing here. She didn't even charge me, you guys. She just was like, this is not even worth my time. Like, you're fine. Carry on. And then I was like thinking on that and thinking and thinking. I'm like, what? Like, I had no idea because, <laughs> again, I was just like in in a couple days span, like I was going from this high of, oh, my gosh, my biggest idol online is emailing me to oh my gosh, I made my biggest idol so mad at me to, wait, I didn't even do anything wrong and she just wrote me these mean emails? Like, she should have done her research. You know, I started thinking, she should have, you know, like, I don't know, (laughs) not said anything at all. Like, what was the point of this? Because obviously, like, I had a party in the works, like, this was going to happen and I'd already done one so people kind of knew what to expect and I was, I kind of felt a little disenchanted. And I felt like, wait a second, wait a second. Your whole thing, your whole pitch is like, follow your dreams and make your life the party you want. And she taught me at a conference, like I paid for information on how to be like her and do what she does. And not only that, but I had followed her through her many business ventures and just loved her More and more, every time she came out with something new, I was like the first person to want to go do it. And so I asked her, I said, you know, can we have this conversation in person? Like my treat, I'll buy lunch. Let's just talk. Because I was kind of like, I don't know where she's coming from. Maybe I'm reading into this wrong. Like I'm just going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Well, then she comes back with another email, very clearly like showing where exactly I was copying her and where exactly it was too close for her to feel okay with it. And that's why she felt like she needed to reach out. And so I just wrote her back exactly what I'm saying right now is like, you know, I paid money to learn from you at classes and and you gave me information as part of your course and your lecture. And when I attended that party that I went to of yours that inspired me, like I took whatever experiences I took away and those are mine. Like I can do what I want with those experiences. And if I want to create a safe place for women to dance, um, you know, and it's similar to how you are modeling yours, like, I apologize. That's not my intention to rip you off or, you know, hurt your feelings or anything. Honestly, like my feeling was this, and this is how I feel to this day is even with the same venue, the same theme name and the same sponsors, like if I had a budget to throw a party and someone else had the exact same budget and those were the criteria, the parties would be completely different. There would obviously be similarities, but we're different people. And so how we would put it together is completely different. Now, keep in mind, her next dance party, I couldn't even get a ticket to because it sold out in the first hour. And so I couldn't for the life of me figure out why she was so upset. I mean, I I understand that she felt like, you know, she had created something Um, But I wasn't the first person to publicly say, like, she inspired me and I want to do what she's doing. Like, there have, I can think of a handful of other people who were inspired in doing the same thing. And so I 
you know, I kind of thought back to what my lawyer had said. Although that was comforting to hear, I hit a major wall in my progression of my business because I started to rethink everything. And I started spiraling into this depression and this like, oh no, now now there's this line in the sand. And I'm going to have to work even harder to do what I want to do because now I have to prove that I am different and that I am unique and that I do have my own thoughts and inspirations and ideas, which I thought I was doing initially, but it gave me this huge epiphany and I realized something even bigger than that. And that realization, although it happened years after, um, took a long time. It has propelled my business in ways I could never have imagined. And I realized that I was thinking about this whole event planning thing all wrong. I hope that you will join me in the next episode to tell you exactly what that epiphany was. 